The Mummy Returns returns. Trey Parker and Matt Stone sell out. And Tom Cruise has a mission should he choose to accept it. Take a badass drink. This week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, the internet's pop culture time machine where we look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? Yeah, 1988, 1998, and 2008. Of course, this week we will be discussing the period of July 27th through August 2nd. Movies, news, pop culture, TV, video games. It'll give you an indicator on where you were and what you were up to. Seriously, listen to it. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? Um, Diana Goodman, a Cinderella story. <laughs> it's me, Sarah, and it's Tom Cruise week, y'all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Laser Time just got done with our Mission Impossible spy extravaganza, watching mm-hmm. every movie in the TV series to do a little recap on, I don't know, that series that I feel like we've just accepted that'll be around every five years, but like mm-hmm. no one seems to love it or talk about it outside of that. So let's yeah. celebrate the Mission Impossible so series. So we made up for that by loving it and talking about it a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And a little too drunk. Well, I, yeah. I haven't finished that episode, but I don't know if you... Actually, I'm almost certain you did not bring up that Mission Impossible 2 is a remake of Hitchcock's Notorious. Uh, I actually did not bring that up, Diana. No, uh, I, <laughs> I absolutely did not. And um, yeah, and in terms of we never really discuss internal leanings and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, Diana had a birthday. Happy birthday, Diana. Happy birthday. Thank you. You saw a shitload of movies, I saw. Yeah, I'm at the point where it's like, what do you want to do? I just want to sit quietly. That's Ooh, what I want to do. It's my, my favorite birthday. thing. So I just went and caught up in uh, all the movies that I have missed so far. So Incredibles 2 and uh, Sorry to Bother You both fucking ruled. Yeah, oh, really, so really, really good. I saw both them both them. back to back, too. But yes, in addition to that, I wanted to say uh, at patreon.com slash laser time, the way you can support the show and the network people did unlock a bonus show for 302010. So leave your comments, people. I can't say this again because you will have a show as of next week. Yay. All right. Yay. And not only that, for patrons, you get bonus time, a bunch of other stuff we, um, we've showcased, such as executive producer credits and an ability to weigh in on topics that we do in other podcasts. But just this week, uh, I got a bug up my ass to get a cat and did. And you're going to help me name it. Woo-hoo. So, patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs> yes, I got the cat. Wasn't the one I wanted, but it jumped out at me because it was a lady cat named Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite Disney movie. And it's also Italian, just like a me. Uh, <laughs> I think you <laughs> should can I throw that? out one. What's that? I got an idea. Let cat me? Antista. Cat Antista. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that, I like it. I'm pretty sure that beats the other suggestions, which include uh, Robert Loja the cat and <laughs> Alfred Kitten. <laughs> but uh, but whatever, you're going to get to vote on it, and the cat's going to have to live with it. Right now, I can tell you, the cat doesn't give a shit. It doesn't seem to care much about anything. But it never will. But that's it. For, that's it for our house cleanup. Thirty twenty ten, ladies and gentlemen, is a super exciting this week. I could be Italian all I want. I'm just kidding. No, it's one of the worst weeks for television I've ever seen. So I, I tried to capture you some garbage minutiae that fell between the cracks in the summers, because summer tends to be where people dump stuff that wasn't good enough to make it out in the fall. Uh, the movies are pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have seen a few of them, and I know you have too, but that's why you got to chime in and come to bat for these things in the comments, folks. So stay right there. Beginning, as we always do, in 1988, we'll be discussing June 27th through August 2nd. Ugh. No news this week because we're going to begin. Is this uh, is this a short that we might be familiar with, Diane, in the movies category? Indeed, it is. Oh, so lovely. this week saw the release of Pixar's Tin Toy, which wow. is not the first Pixar short. Short that's Luxo Junior. This is the one with the lamp that's mm-hmm. part of their logo. 
That's from 86. But Tin Toy was like a big one that got all the attention. It's basically Toy Story in like five minutes. Yeah. It's, I mean, that it's about living toys. And it's also the first computer animated short to win an Oscar. Yeah. And awesome. I think after this, Pixar kind of made its money for a little while on commercials. They, hmm. so they, they could make short form entertainment in a way nobody, literally nobody else was doing it. Uh, but yeah, Tin Toy is super important. And I know has like a dozen Toy Story and Pixar cameos, that little tin toy. Is there any place to see that now? Like, where could I go to see that? They have an official Pixar collection mm-hmm. on Blu-ray and On Demand, mm-hmm. and you can see it there on Volume 1. I okay. know that for sure. Disney is pretty weird about their shorts, but I, it has, I would guess it has to be on YouTube. It's too new. Okay, cool. It's too new. But check it out. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a lot less dated than you would think, hmm. Yeah. given that the uh, background is just all black. No, it's not. I mean, it's so it's colorful, but I mean, like the textures on stuff, you know, is very it's very eighties computer, and it, it's just it's not realistic looking at all. You know what? Black but background it still looks good. Black background. That was me confusing the next topic. Mm. There's a, there's a great documentary I think just about this VHS art in mm. the nineteen eighties. The mm. idea that like, well, we didn't have a we didn't have a theatrical campaign to let you know what this movie is. We went straight to video. So the only thing we can do without being able to monitor, like market ourselves in commercials and newspaper is scare the absolute shit of you with our box. And so did <laughs> Monkey Shines. Yeah. Monkey Shines. Horror movie starring a monkey toy. Uh, and the box was horrifying. No. no, it stars a real monkey. It does. It does. He's um, a helper monkey. Or she. I think she's a helper monkey. There's no such thing as women monkeys don't murder. That never happens. <laughs> Uh, Man, that box is creepy. It it really is awful. But uh, here's a little bit from the trailer. Man is the only animal capable of murder. She did it for me. Did it because I wanted it done. Stop it. From the director of Night of the Living Dead, George A. Romero, the master of terror and suspense. You're not going to hurt me. I'm part of you. Monkey shines a leap into terror. <laughs> wow! <laughs> this is this is a fantastic trailer. Please do yourself yeah. a favor and look that up on YouTube. It truly is. Uh, but also out this week, another movie folks might have seen. I know I did because I have the fucking theme song memorized. Uh, yeah, the, the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Hmm. Did, did neither the ladies here see this? No, no, no. I haven't seen it. This is just not really a part of my childhood it's it's too new too scandinavian yeah well that's the the scandinavian movies were back in a world with a lot less entertainment it's what was sent to our florida elementary schools where we had like one copy of ricky ticky tavi a christmas story and a couple pippy Longstock, which is only weird because they're Mm -hmm. like from the 60s or 70s and the kids even the girls constantly take their shirts off which is like okay wherever it was filmed, but like made everyone in the classroom deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but th- this is the new adventures. I just wanted to say the new adventures is a very, very 80s moniker. Yeah, You don't it really see it is. anymore. Well, and there was like a movie from the 60s. Right. Or, okay. Pippi was a pre-existing character that most seen, of the world knew. She's like the Lady Tintin. Yeah, I've definitely seen that because my mom loves Pippi Longstocking. Mm-hmm. And she was when she was a kid, that was, I think, a staple for her. And I read the books growing up and everything because of that. But I might have missed out on this one. Well, on this day in history, Pippi Longstocking is coming into your world. A freckle-faced, red-haired girl. You ought to know. You guys don't know the song either. It better be in this trailer. Oh, it is all over the trailer. Oh, good. Pepe, they're coming for you. The police, the fire engine, everyone. 
When this kid takes on the town, she turns it totally upside down. She's a daring delight. I'm walking on the ceiling. And a master of flight. Full of surprises. And great with disguises. <laughs> the most magical kid you've ever met. The new adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Rated G. Ugh. See? It's got a cool theme song. Sure. But Pippi is essentially, uh, let's just call her a magical orphan. Okay. Unlike orphans who come to town like uh, in a Mark Twainy way and fuck mm-hmm. shit up, like mm-hmm. Pippi has powers occasionally. She's also kind of like a cat in the hat kind of character. Yes. That's okay. Like. That's perfect. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, I've never heard that announcer's voice before. It's yeah, that one. That's a new one for me. It sounded yeah, it sounded like Casey Kasem's gay uncle. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> if that's possible, just want to put that thought into people's heads. Hi, Merry Christmas, Casey. Merry Christmas, Ben. Um, <laughs> anyway, Pippi Longstocking. I don't remember this being like a movie that blew me away, mm-hmm. uh, but it also didn't blow my sister away. And this is like one year before The Little Mermaid came out, and like no movie existed in her world that didn't have a horse in it. So, uh, New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. It's it's a real weird to see that like internationally renowned icon kind of like fizzle out in the late eighties, but it did. Yeah, uh, but well, it did. And so, like you said, with New Adventure, it means this is the reboot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we got the rights somehow, or maybe it's public domain. I don't know. <laughs> and so you now we're just gonna. You've heard of this, right? Okay, here's a movie for you, kids. <laughs> and kids probably get it on VHS, and then they watch it a thousand times because there's no other entertainment, <laughs> and then they love it, and then they argue with me in the comments about how is the best children's movie, Diana? What's wrong with you? And it's like I just didn't care. That sounds right. That about wraps yeah, that know. up because yep. I know you guys are I way too, you t- way too excited to talk about the real big movie of 1988, <laughs> which I could have swore was 89. But no, Cocktail is number one at the box office. In one square mile of this saloon lies the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Yes. But how was a bartender going to get his hands on that? <laughs> this is the big time. Are you ready for the big time young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. This is what I ordered. Get your act together. A white wine. All right. Now, what was it that you ordered? Many ways. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I was just about to say, really, we got the wrong trailer. Yeah, it's very serious for <laughs> but, the subject uh, matter. Uh, yeah, I wanted to grab that one as opposed to other ones, mostly because there's just, it's just constant. Look how cute Tom Cruise is. Mm-hmm. Look, he's so cute. He's throwing a bottle. He's so cute. Oh, he and Elizabeth Shue are kissing. <laughs> as opposed to this, which makes it sound like like Wall Street 2. Yes. yes. It's about being a fucking bartender <laughs> i so no surprise i really like this movie <laughs> oh my god yeah it, no i fully acknowledge and appreciate it's terrible i do it not dispute so that like, in any Tom's way cruise's worst um yeah, yeah. i mean dave's days of thunder is you know, like definitely worse than this <laughs> But he's he's made some stinkers. This is the best of the worst, I would say. I mean, at least it's '80s fun. I remember being bored out of my fucking mind, and I I could have sworn I've seen this like twice. I told the story on bonus time where I saw it, but yeah, when you had a friend whose aunt's mom owned a VHS store and Mm -hmm. you got sent promotional copies, like ooh, cocktail that looks like it has a boob in it. It didn't, and we watched the whole thing as like nine year olds, and it bummed the hell out of us. Yeah, I mean, I love. 
I loved the scenes of like them throwing bottles at each other and stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a fun movie, except for when it's not fun and it's like really heavy handed and overwrought emotionally. This was um, mocked at the a time. A lot of people will go to bat for this movie, but like, I know it's cheesy, but I love it so much. It's like, yeah. okay, so here's a plot Tom Cruise is a bartender and he learns to throw bottles around and do cool <laughs> bottle tricks. Well, okay. he, he's- then. It's, it takes a hard pivot into a romance where he's from the wrong side of the tracks with Elizabeth Shue. And then he also wants to open his own bar where he recites shitty poetry. Everyone has to stop what they're doing <laughs> so the bartender can read poetry at you. Okay. From that what... is his dream. And then it all works out. <laughs> from what I can tell about these stories about just Tom Cruise as a person. And let's be honest, he usually plays himself. Um <laughs> His charisma is such that I bet you anything that whole bar does stop and listen to his shitty poetry. I bet you they do. And I bet you he learned every single bottle trick under yeah. the book, under the sun. Oh, yeah. I'm it's sure just... he trained really hard. And yeah, those scenes are, are pretty neat. Um, I'm not really sure what the point of throwing bottles around is unless like better tips. Tips. <laughs> Definitely tips. And also how... Yeah, how else... better not be to make a drink slower. How else can you show off your cute little buns? Hey. Hey, this is a, this is a kid show. <laughs> They're all here for Pippi and you know it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. If it didn't take the hard romance turn, it'd be pretty funny if they like went to a bartending competition at the end. Yeah, that would be a way maybe. more fun like, like, twist, like a roadhouse thing, like a world bouncer they convention. They do have those <laughs> yeah. bartending. I guess you're right. I have seen those. convention sort of things. I watch Bar Rescue, but anyways, um, yeah, the, it's a weird movie because it has a lot of tonal shifts, and it mm. also like a very small part of the movie actually takes place in Jamaica. Really? Most of it just takes place in New York. And but the ending after they steal the bad guy's money and they just retired, bought their own bar. I'm just guessing here. No, no. none of that happens. Not even, okay. Basically, Not even that fun. Yeah. But I have to tell you, man, Elizabeth Shue is cute as hell. She was, I think, I the original her. dream woman for kids my it age. It makes perfect sense. She, She's cute. He was ungodly gorgeous. Yeah. After Adventures and Babysitting, we were all kind of obsessed with her. Yeah, I can see why, definitely. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just really like this movie a lot. It's got a lot of weird parts to it that's like, really? Why is this happening here? But, it's, just, mm-hmm. it, it's just such a bizarre, because Tom Cruise was already like a big star, mm-hmm. and he kind of could have he could have done whatever he wanted to. And in between all these like very Tom Cruise-y joints, you get a movie where like, yeah, I'm a bartender. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't huge at this point, so he was... Post-Top Gun, I feel like. Well, oh, yes, he was. I mean... Post-Top Gun, yeah. but I don't he know what... He wasn't the peak of his power. Yeah, yet, what did he though. do after Top Gun that wasn't this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, it, and it does have some things to say about like class and money and um, really capital, really shallow things to and, say. and bitters. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, cocktail. I, actually, of all the movies, I think I, I glanced at this is number two on what I would rather rewatch okay. uh, on the list. The other one I rewatched recently didn't have to. <laughs> mm. So, so okay. So I'm looking at his filmography here, mm-hmm. and obviously, Top Gun. Uh, is where we should probably start from because it was very weird before that. Hey, I introduced. I was introduced to legend. his fine ass and losing it. The virginity <laughs> yeah. comedy. So Top Gun, massive fucking hit mm-hmm. that same year. Color of Money with Martin Scorsese. Right mm. there it is. That's right. Now I he's massive. Takes two years off. Wow. And then comes back with Cocktail in between Rain Man and Born on the Fourth of July. Mm. Fucking weird. Yeah. What? Is, so I understand. Okay, some movies are for you know clout, and some movies are for money. But this movie is so kind of small and dumb compared to yeah, Rain Man's going to come out towards the end of the year. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest money maker of the year. 
really weirdly, yes. It's, it, it makes me mad to no end that Rain well, Man made more money than Roger Rabbit. <laughs> we get it. We've heard this. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> it it's okay. Um, yeah, I think part of it, though, is that, and we talked about this when we were talking about Mission Impossible, I think Tom Cruise just kind of gets weird bugs under his skin where he's like, I just really want to do this because that's how he was with Mission Impossible. I mean, he was like as, obsessed with it and that's, he made it happen. As far as work goes, I can understand how this would look appealing in between action yeah, roles and prestige parts. Yeah, Jamaica for a while <laughs> yeah. and learn a new skill, which it seems to be oh, he's for, like, super millions into. Of, millions of dollars to like learn magic. I wish yeah. I was Tom Cruise. Exactly. <laughs> well, who doesn't? But uh, yeah, I mean, it. he's a weird man. This is a weird movie. <laughs> he makes weird choices. I'm still super into it. (laughs) It's just so slight for a a star of his size at this point. This should be sort of like someone's breakout dreamy part, not someone who's so established. Well, my fine the final nail in this movie's coffin is Kokomo. (laughs) Well, yes, yeah. (laughs) That's why I know it. Oh shit! That song. This movie gave us Kokomo by the Beach Boys. It's true. So bad. But also, oh, does get under your skin in a weird way too. It's well. I don't it, want to think about it. It came to me as a small child, and of course, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. So I mean, everybody was singing it. It had the bonus of having Uncle Jesse in it, who yeah. I had a huge crush on too. So, but real quick though, too. I mean, Cocktail the movie, the screenplay is based on a book that someone wrote, like a, basically an autobiographical account of moving to the big city and becoming Mm -hmm. a bartender and hearing all the stories of like these people and bars and you know you get to hear all their secrets and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and so um the original screenplay and the original story and the screenplay started out much darker apparently and then the Uh. studio when they were developing it were like no 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 we've got tom cruise we've got to make this a little bit lighter and more appealing to people like he's our he's gonna smile a lot yeah yeah (laughs) we need to see his cute buns and his cute smile (laughs) is there any way you can have him run behind the bar it's gonna have to be a big bar boss right (laughs) so i mean like i would be in i it would be interesting to see what the original sort of treatment workup of this was with a much darker mm, tone it does strike you as like this would all make sense if like tom cruise was like producing and directing the first time and Mm -hmm. making a smaller movie for himself yeah instead of simply signing on to something but uh because it seems just like it's reminding me all about all of chef the movie Chef with John Favreau. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, hmm. um, to move into TV with something interesting only to me, we see technically the end of the CBN network, uh, mm-hmm. the Christian Broadcast Cable Network. Hmm. Anybody familiar with CBN? I remember being in New York and being at their their headquarters, is in like right in the middle, like almost in Times Square. Christian, it's still around. CBN. Okay, it is still yeah, around. Yeah. But uh, CBN, but the, the CBN cable network goes away, and okay. and the weird history of CBN. A little recently born again man named Pat Robertson mm-hmm. decides sure. to start to buy a local affiliate channel and make the Christian Broadcasting Network. He slowly buys up more affiliates, and about the time he's, oh, I should keep buying up affiliates. And I love talking about this period when you had over the air. I, we live in a smaller market now, but you know if you live in a big city, you might have dozens of channels you get for free over the air mm-hmm. uh, w or k three extra letters shit like that so right. he was pat robertson was buying up a bunch of stuff like that um and and showing their christian programming all day long and they start up a cable channel and it proves very quickly secular programming just works <laughs> <laughs> let's abandon all our ideas and focus on secular programming now that we're on cable and everybody huh. can see us uh but yeah so it's almost all gone except for one thing and this will reveal what happened to it 
The 700 Club. Right. The 700 Club. Yeah, yeah. American media's longest running variety show. I'm not kidding. It's still on the air. Oh, no, I know. It has been around since the 1960s. I see it when I'm in a hotel and I'm like flipping through the channels before I fall asleep. So they changed the name once from the CBN Family Channel to this Family Channel. Okay. So the little channel you have on cable in the 80s now is now known as the Family Channel. You get reruns of like America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm-hmm. Almost no original programming other than 700 Club in the little morning. Little House on the Prairie, I Shit feel like, like shows up a lot. Mm-hmm. lot Highway to Heaven, Touch by an Angel. Reruns. I remember watching it when Fox bought the Family Channel mm-hmm. and made it the Fox Family Channel. And they would run rerun in living color at night. And in the morning when I was getting ready for school, and I'm way too old to be watching this, they would rerun Bobby's World and Pee-wee's Playhouse mm. after they'd both mm. been canceled. And those were both shows, I think, if you're a little nerd like me, just thought, no one's ever going to run these again. And they did every morning, but only after the 700 Club. In the contract, it said you can play whatever you want on this channel, but 700 Club will always have a, fo- a home on the Fox Family Channel. Wow. And then I believe mm. Disney bought it from Fox and said... Fuck the 700 Club. You're getting off the goddamn channel. But that was like fairly recently. I feel like Disney kicked them it off, was, right? It wasn't that recently. And now the channel, you, you would know it as Freeform. Right. A yes. very watchable channel. Where but I watch a My Pretty Little Liars. Basic admission because of, tra- <laughs> of uh, channel drift. Like, we don't give a fuck what we show. We have no identity. We'll show whatever gets ratings. Freeform. 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 It's starting to though to come up with some actually pretty oh, no, they interesting have, original programming I think now. They have the Cloak and Dagger show, the Marvel show I'm looking forward to. I love Cloak yeah. and Dagger. Gold uh, type, it, which is supposed to be really great too. It's just that there is no identity. They're just they even said that in the marketing, like, we'll just show whatever. Because yeah. like it channel identity freeform. doesn't mean shit anymore. That's literally what our name yeah. is. So yeah, freeform essentially starts today. Well, where's the seven hundred club now though? It's, it's on still another comes Christian on. it's okay. on another Christian station. That must be what I'm thinking of. Wherever then. the fuck like uh what's his name? Oh, who's that guy who's always selling like doomsday kits that Vic Berger's making fun of? Oh the Tammy Faye's mm-hmm. husband, Jim Baker? Yes. Oh, Jim Baker, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's clearly being broadcast somewhere, but don't ask my ass to tell you. And this is how uninteresting TV is this week, because like we say, uh, especially in the 80s, all the good shows are in repeats, and they tend to air specials and variety shows. Uh, this was the most interesting show I saw, and it will interest no one else, George Slaughter's Funny People. Hmm. Uh, Funny People, okay. and it it is a very, very earnest... Like, you know, like, remember... In, Local news, there'd always be like the funny anchor who would do the yes. puffy field pieces. Yes. This is one hour of that. Okay. But like <laughs> it also ha- has hosted by like multiple people and Rita Rudner. And, but I don't know who George Slaughter was, but he, he would stand up in the opening with headphones and be like, it's my funny people. And here you host. And I'll just play you the clip instead because this will tell you what's coming up on the show. Hi, I'm George Slaughter. Welcome to Funny People. We want you to meet our host, Blake Clark. Lisa Gibbons, Scott Blakeman, and Rita Rutner. We're very excited tonight about a visitor from England, one of the world's truly funny people, Mr. John Cleese. In St. Louis, I attended a convention you're really going to want to keep your eye on. And from Japan, the most unusual game show anywhere in the world. In Ohio, my buddy Lisa and I had a very unusual assignment. So it's all like, it's not, they even have sketches. And I tried watching them and they're like, they're so almost funny. Like, this guy's running for president. He's got a lot of sweaters. Nice. (laughs) Ta-da! Like, God. But it's like, it's super safe, super saccharine, like, puff pieces. 
But it has Lisa Gibbons and Rita Rudner as hosts, and John Cleese came on to talk about um, Faulty Towers, I think. And that Japanese game show they were talking about was Takeshi's Castle, which uh-huh. later became MXC. Uh, I gotcha. I knew it. Absolutely. So, so George Slaughter was a TV producer, yes. most right. famous for Rona Martin's Laugh-In. Yeah. Yeah. But he also had the show Real People, which was just yes. this. It was, it was just a puff piece show. And I guess it went off the air in 84. I thought it lasted yes. longer than that. I, Diana, I did. I thought I did way too much research and didn't need to mention that because I'd never heard of real people. But mm. it's this. That was uh, the yeah, precursor. I remember real people. That's the precursor to this because it was known in the schedule mostly as just funny people. Okay. Uh, funny people. And it was a, a kind of a, co- a comedic slant. So it's kind of like basically the television equivalent of the Reader's Digest, like, Life in these United yeah, States, a, a, a little, little bit. Quips. Yeah. But if I <laughs> wanted, if I wanted to be nicer and relate it to people who might have seen some shit, yeah, it's it's like a whole network show out of uh, Craig Kilborn's Daily Show, pre John Stewart, but uh-huh. less mean. Where all their field pieces were like was like making fun of like these suburbanites are mad because their fence is too high, and like <laughs> why are we picking on these civilians? What's going on, Daily Show? <laughs> yeah, truth to power. Uh, oh, it, it, hey, it gets worse. Oh, cool! Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of television this week, on August second, there's a twenty fifth twentieth anniversary show. We have always already seen one Ringling Brother and Barnum and Bailey special oh. this summer. This is the second one. Oh no! Oh, and the presentation is delivered to you by none other than Dick Van Dick Van Lesbian. Oh, um, I should have. Uh, Dick Van Dyke delivering Penis a speech. Van Lesbian at a. <laughs> At their clown college, which I think only recently stopped existing. What would a circus be without a clown? That was the question Irvin Fell, the owner of Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, the greatest show on earth, asked himself back in 1968. There were only 14 clowns left in his show. Their average age was 58. And for that reason, he founded the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Clown College, which today celebrates... It's 20th anniversary. Diana, once again, it rattles off like a cast like any other variety show, mm-hmm. um, except that I don't know who these people are. They even <laughs> quote one of them as being the world's most famous clown. I'm like, I have never heard of you. Uh, <laughs> I have never heard of you. I remember reading Rainbow about Clown College, I think, mm-hmm. or something. It's, it's a couple miles down south from here. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I think it it is closed, though, now. I, I mean, there are other clown colleges. Ringling Brothers is gone. yeah. But um, yeah, I remember in gifted class, they did like a whole segment on clowning, kind of the state of gifted class in the 90s. <laughs> uh, and here is the cast. Tonight, from Circus Winter Quarters in Venice, Florida, the 20th anniversary graduation of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College, starring Dick Van Dyke, with special appearances by comedian Michael Davis, the world's most famous living clown, Lou Jacobs, master clown, Frosty Little, and Dick Van Dyke as Burper. And featuring the faculty and students of the class of '87, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke okay. had a clown character called Burford. I'm this is news Burf- to me. Oh, that was Dick Van Dyke. What? It was. Oh. He's like they, he gets introduced twice in the cast. Uh, yeah, weird. But yeah, don't know Lou Jacobs. He, but at the time, I guess he was the most famous clown we had. Hmm. Uh, and I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I haven't seen this year's rankings. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Don't read the comments there. Jesus, are they toxic? Um, <laughs> but moving out of that, that was, ladies and gentlemen, I think that was as bad as television gets in the 1980s. I mean, a clown college 20th anniversary <laughs> is pretty bad, I have to say. I, d- I don't know that it gets worse than that. Um, but, uh, you know, in video games, you have a bright, a little bright spot. Mm. 
Hmm. Uh, Capcom fans can look forward to the release of Bionic Commando. Technically, the sequel to Commando, no, having nothing to do with that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, but The Legend of Super Joe slash Rad Spencer, the guy with the bionic arm. Uh, if you can imagine, you've seen a lot of side-scrolling games where you could, you know, jump from platform to platform. Now imagine your homeboy doesn't jump, he has an arm, he can repel himself, not unlike Spider-Man. Hmm. Swing across gaps, Inspector retract himself Gadget. up. Like, yes, exactly mm-hmm. like that. It was it was kind of a godsend, and uh, I wish I could had more time to talk about how well I think Capcom brought its arcade games home. Because they'd always do something, they'd always add something to it. It was never just a straight port, because arcade games, when they're are designed to be hard as balls, and if they're not hard as balls, you, that means you can beat them in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had to take the difficulty out, but add new, sort of new things in. Oh, Longer wow. levels. And and one of the Capcom genius was sort of like almost all these ports and all their games from Mega Man, DuckTales, you could kind of select where you went. Most hmm. games didn't allow you to do that. And uh, this game, the arcade game definitely didn't let you do that. This one did. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. it had an interesting little, uh, just new things they add for a home release. And it's, I don't know, one of the coolest it was hard to wrap my head around, and I don't think I've ever organically finished it, but I really, really like this game and really, really like the music you're hearing right now from Area One. Uh, but yeah, Bionic Commando came out 30 years ago this week, or last week. Let's pretend I didn't forget it then. Uh, <laughs> but that wraps up uh, video games for that week. Let's talk about the music as we see our way to 1998. Uh, new releases, Assault with a Deadly Pepper. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I love that so much. I know. That's great. Hats off. Uh, The second album from Steely Dan. No, Salt and Pepper. And Buenas Noches from A Lonely Room uh, by Dwight Yoakam. Roll With It by Steve Winwood is number one because, of course, it is. This Mm -hmm. is 1988. And we're going to close out with that and see you once again in 1998. Motherfucker. <laughs> Super annoying. Ladies and gentlemen, coming in with the hamster song and my sincere apologies. Uh, Di, <laughs> what, why is this significant in 1998? There is a lot of disagreement online, but as best as I could find, August 98 might be the launch of the Hamster Dance so, uh, website. One of the earliest one-stop, one-joke sites. <laughs> Back when we had all the time in the world. Sure. But, you know, you can see what was on television 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I go to a website just to hear a fucking song. I just watched yep. Indy say, click on the link, not knowing what it was, and then say, oh, God damn it. And I'm pretty sure, Diana, you just hammer him. And I think that's what I we're going to call it. <laughs> 
I think we're going to call it ham rolling. It's, I have not heard that song without the thumping bass in a really long time. Yeah. But you got to start somewhere. You know, went, went for the original version. I mean, I saw something saying it might have been up in 97. I couldn't find anything. Like, the, the most definitive I could find was around August 98. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think there's something else in this episode I encountered the same difficulty with that, mm. like, no one cared enough about this to chronicle when it happened. What do I yeah. do? Uh, but Diana's just I, Diana thinks this is music. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I love cocktails, so we all have our things, okay? okay? <laughs> We're learning about each other now. Uh, so that'll bring us into the music of 1998, J- July 27th through August 2nd. Did we even explain for like the youngsters what oh, the hamster dance was? Please, please take it. What is the hamster dance? I don't really. Is, is it the gift that's right next to the un- ever never ending under construction page on everyone's first website? Basically, yes. It's just, it's a long, I mean, Hamster Dance, I believe it's just hamsterdance.com, was that annoying fucking song and a tons of little tiny animated drawn gifs of little hamsters doing little dances. Perfect. That's it. That's the internet back then, man. Yeah. And 302010 is coming out against it or we're for it? Let's remain I'm neutral. I'm pro hamster dancing. Okay. I like hamsters. Okay. Who hates I hamsters? can support that. Well, getting into other other music of 1998, July 27th through August 2nd, Obsolete by Fear Factory. This time it's Love by Kurt Elling and Forever With You by Phyllis Hyman. Um, and This Boy Is Mine uh, by Brandy and Monica is still number one. Wow. Uh, but in uh, July 27th through August 2nd, there's a little bit of news that I'll let Diane explain because the Second Congo War begins. Uh, yeah, so I just like to throw in here that we do not uh, pay any attention to what goes on in the rest of the world. And we're so busy every time Trump farce to not notice, oh, hey, you know, there was a war and it killed four million people by the time it ended in 2003. And it was the deadliest war since World War II Jesus happened in, in my lifetime. Wow. I didn't even know. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. I just knew there are problems. I mean, most of us just assume, oh, somewhere in Africa, there are problems somewhere and maybe some fighting. Yeah, someday that'll make a great video game. Mm. But without the internet, who is going to tell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should maybe pay attention. <laughs> Why start now? I, I, I tried for a little while. It just got too depressing. Um, speaking of World War II, though, mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan is still number one at the box office. USA! Uh, but yeah, movies of 1998. Jesus Christ. Uh, Mini Driver and... It is a weird combination. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. What? Mini Driver and Tom Wilkinson? No, I mean, all these movies. All these movies. It is, it is an array, a beautiful rainbow of weird movies. It truly is. Yeah, this does seem like like the most collusion I've seen with movie companies, because like, we're all going to counter-program this week, right? Yeah. No one wants to ruin one another. Everyone gets their niche. <laughs> so let's, let's dump our, all our weird movies here. Uh, Mini Driver and Tom Wilkinson in The Governess. Rosina left her past behind. I feel the word Jewess must be emblazoned on my forehead. How will I ever pass for a merry black church? Mother says that you're Italian. You ask a lot of questions. And came into their lives. I'm so glad I'm single right now. I'll never have to watch anything like this as long as I'm single. (sighs) What's The Governess? Yeah, The Governess is a period movie in which Minnie Driver plays a Jewish girl who gets employment as a governess with this fancy family and uh, kind of has an affair with the dad and his son, uh, who's Jonathan Reese Myers, and Tom Wilkinson does the full Monty this time. Ooh, Whoa! La, la. In the full Monty. I'm back now. And then, like, <laughs> they, like, are developing early photography? It's interesting. Oh. Yeah, okay. it's it's sexier than it sounds. Is it as interesting as children t- trying to get two consenting adults to fuck? <laughs> Obviously not. 
What if you discovered another you? There's two of us. Twins. What if you hatched a plan to get your parents back together? We can pull it off. But what if you discovered a problem along the way? I am marrying your father whether you like it or not. <laughs> July 29th. Be nice. The trap. Sweet dreams, Mommy dear. Disney's The Parent Trap. The oh Parent God. Trap is uh, the world's introduction to Lindsay Lohan? Yes, her first film. Is it her first film? Oh. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I just assumed she'd been in stuff before because like, immediately you could see she is very, very talented. Yes. I yeah. love this movie. I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. It was like we had the Disney clamshell of it. And um, I think I mentioned before, there's a pretty big age difference between me and my younger sister, about mm-hmm. eight years. So, you know, she was pretty young. I might be, a, I might, I was like 12 at this point. So almost a little too old for this, but not quite. Yeah, we watch this movie a lot. How's in my this house. for an age difference? My mother mm-hmm. was like the, the ombudsman of the Haley Mills fan club. <laughs> <laughs> so she loves Haley Mills, and we watched the original Parent Trap over and over again. Yeah. And not only was she disgusted by the remakes, uh, well, I, mean, I was 18 years old. I wasn't setting foot in this theater mm-hmm. to watch The Parent Trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, would, I didn't go anywhere near it because, like, my mom, we. It was like one of the things I remember seeing her upset about the fucking Parent Trap two and three. Oh man, um, <laughs> I mean it's charming, it's great. Like mm-hmm. it's, um, and I loved the original as well. And I read the book. It's called. It's Let's based get on a together. book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on a book mm-hmm. called Lisa and Lottie, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a great. It's a very charming remake. Everyone in it is fantastic. Lindsay Lohan's great. I love Dennis Quaid. Natasha Richardson is just. Wonderful as per usual. Like And what I didn't know when I'm watching the nineteen sixties Haley Mills one, I mm-hmm. never knew. Never knew it is a special effects showcase. Mm-hmm. Oh. That it's an actress playing her twin. Yeah. And they're in almost like every scene together, but like it I just never knew it. And it's totally obvious now if you know it, but like if you mm-hmm. don't, like I want I'm I am curious to see how these effects look. Because it's not only Lindsay Lohan, it's she's acting mostly with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. No, they it looks really good from what I can remember. Um and this is co-written and directed by Nancy Myers, who is oh, known. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, looking, I just kind of found that out. And then now thinking back on it, it's like, hmm, that does kind of make sense. Like, you know, really wealthy people and beautiful homes surrounded by, like, beautiful what would, what would, surroundings and clothes. What would men know Nancy, Nancy Myers? <laughs> so I'm she, asking for everybody else. <laughs> she does a lot of she does a lot of lady movies. She did It's Complicated with um, Alec Keaton. Baldwin and, no, and um, Meryl Streep. Uh, Something's Gotta Give is what you're thinking of with Diane Keaton and Jack they Nicholson. They have the same poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of her movies kind of have that kind of expression that means nothing as the title. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Yeah. Uh, she's kind of known for her beautiful kitchens that she puts in all of her movies. Yeah. all her, it, Just one of those filmmakers that's like, oh, so everyone in your movie has $8 million. Yes. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what? like a whole staff of designers and cleaners and buyers and shoppers and they're just off camera, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching her movies is like a Valium for your eyeballs. Like, it's just everything's <laughs> like in creams and and cardigans and wrap sweaters and linen pants. It's really nice. <laughs> it's very relaxing. But yeah, no, this is a great kids movie. I really like it. And if you have young kids or you just want like a fun, pretty smart, pretty clever movie with some great actors in it, this is definitely I, I recommend. Plus... Yeah, Dennis Quaid I love and I just read an article today where he admitted that during the 80s he did cocaine every single day 
That is not a huge shock. No, no. (laughs) But he's so charming. He's so charming. Very pretty man. I don't know why Meg Uh, left him like that. Yeah, I've seen a big chunk of this, and Mm -hmm. I was really impressed by Lindsay Lohan's Mm -hmm. acting, and that she could do an accent is already, like, mind-blowing, because, like, Americans can't do accents. How can this kid do an accent? Um, Yeah, if we didn't say it's it's twins separated at birth who then mm -hmm. try and get their adopted single parents to marry one well, no. Yeah, they try to get their their when they which is really cruel yeah like, oh they, no you know, it's they terrible twins and they got a divorce so each one of us takes one of the kids oh. let's call it even yeah back together <laughs> which i mean first of all okay so dennis quaid's got like a horrible fiance that they to- have to get out of the picture so they just torture her and i feel yeah. really bad for her i do too as someone who hates camping I was kind of on her side with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and I also, because I've only seen, like, the back half of this movie, that when they finally start getting together again, and they're like, why do we get divorced? I don't remember. Like, oh, I think you remember. <laughs> no one just accidentally gets divorced one day. It's kind of a long process. Other continents with your children. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Why do we get divorced again? Let me show you the mountain of paperwork. Yeah. And it was probably very expensive because they were both oh, very rich. the file of PI I paid to follow you. Here, mm-hmm. you look at that. Mm-hmm. Um. A little fun piece of trivia, though. The evil girlfriend in this version, her mother is played by the evil girlfriend from the Haley Mills one. Oh, no shit. Yeah. No shit. Joanna right. Barnes. Uh, and oh, Jesus. Wow, this is true counter-program. The movie I did see, and it... Um, when you walk into the theater, I'm like, I feel like I just drank water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care about this movie at all. That's a great way to describe. Sam Jackson, John Spencer, Paul Giamatti, and Kevin Spacey, and The Negotiator. An honest cop is an easy target. Now, to clear his name, he's taking the police hostage. I'm not going to jail today. And demanding his own negotiator. I don't want to talk to anyone else but Chris Sabian. Now, I wouldn't consider it. No. Never say no to a hostage taker. It's in the manual. Go ahead, Danny. Academy Award nominee Samuel L. Jackson. I know the rules of engagement, so don't. I wonder what Samuel L. Jackson just said. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I totally saw this. I only remember it for being... I think there's a in memory of J.T. Walsh at the end of the film. Okay. Probably. I'm, this is like just going through the cast and seeing, oh, my God, it's like a hey, it's that guy character actor so convention is. going on. I mean, you got John Spencer, David Morris, Paul Giamatti, and I think the first thing I noticed him in, uh, Ron Rifkin, J.T. Walsh, even and Ivan Potts. God damn it. <laughs> 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 He's uh, also my best friend's wedding. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. All we need to talk about for the negotiator. Well, did my, you rewatch it? You rewatched it. It's well made. It's yeah. fine. What is its genre? <laughs> this thriller? is a question I have. Thriller. thriller. I guess it's a thriller. That's Rainy funny. day boy movie. Yes, that's <laughs> definitely true. I just like yeah. watching it. I was a little bit like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to classify it. This is definitely one of those types of movies that my husband we'll put on in the background if he's like doing stuff around the house or whatever. This is kind of right up Sammy's alley. So uh, I know I've like seen it through osmosis a couple times. And then I sat down to watch it a little bit closer recently. And yeah, it's like water. It's uh, from F- Friday's F. Gary Gray. Also mm-hmm. did Fast 9. Hmm. Uh, I think it was Miley and Arcee. I, li- I liked his music videos. But yeah, it just made no impression on me whatsoever. It's one of those yeah, things I, I forget watching. It's sort of 
fine. And it's just summer programming. It's fine. Wait for it on HBO. Kind of fine. Like sure. you don't need to see this in a theater. And everything. But, everything. You no, know, I mean it's the basic concept is so good. It's like what if uh what if you had to negotiate with a a, a host- someone who takes hostages, but he's a professional negotiator. Fine. Oh, if if no. that's you want to hang your head on that, we talked about the Dark Knight. Every one of these lines when I watched the trailer was better delivered by the Joker. Mm. That's a squealer. <laughs> Never start with the head. It gets all fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's way better negotiator. Jesus Christ, another... This is going to be hard pivot after hard pivot. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the one that made the biggest impression on my sister. Um, thank God we, all, we were almost done sharing a home. Uh, Drew Barrymore, Doug Ray Scott, and Angelica Houston in a Cinderella story. Ever Mission, after... Mission Impossible 2's Drew Gray Scott? Is that, who, is that the guy who like does yeah. the whole kung fu motorcycle fight? Yeah. All right, he's the best. <laughs> While every other woman dreamed of being a princess... Royalty like some sport is disgusting. She had a spirit of her own. I demand you release him at once. Please, a name. A servant I will strike at you in any way I can. It is my life. And he fought. Would you meet me tomorrow? I shall try. What have we here? For her love. Drew <laughs> Barrymore. Ever after. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Tell me a fable. What song uh, is so that? So this was pretty popular with the girls in the dorms that I didn't like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for me, I just remember on maybe it's just a marketing soundtrack and poster level. It was it very much lived in the shadow of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Yes. Because they made everything, all the materials look exactly the same. Yeah. And because I was just thinking, like, this was pretty popular in, when I was growing up, like, in the middle school sleepover movie thing. Mm. I somehow escaped it, though. I think I might have seen it one time. I was definitely more of a um, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Romeo I plus still am. sign Pl- Juliet. No, no. William Shakespeare's Romeo. That's what I said. Plus Juliet. Plus Juliet, yes. I was met much more on that team. So I saw that about three dozen times. I think I've seen this one maybe half a time. Really? Yeah. This is, I don't know, like every woman I dated for like the next 10 years had a VHS copy of this movie. Yeah. And half the girls in my dorm, 10 years later, <laughs> or almost 10 years oh later, God. had posters up in their room. Just breathe. I, I think I've seen it through osmosis just by walking in and out of a room uh, yeah. enough times with a sister and a girlfriend. Uh, mm. I'm not shitting on it. I'm not shitting on it. Like, uh, it, 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 whatever. I mean, they're ahead of the curve on like, hey, let's let's make a fancier, sexier version right. of a fairy tale. Right. And I love that shit. As opposed to fucking Disney making carbon copies of their own films. Like, have a new take on this old story. We yeah. all think we know. Uh, I'm I'm totally behind that. Let a girl be the beast for once. <laughs> <laughs> and, and kidnap the boy. Yeah. You know, you've held me in this room so long. I'm starting to get attracted to you. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> that doesn't work with boys. <laughs> you will fall in love with me. Okay. <laughs> I'm hungry. Sounds good. Can you have a solution. Um, what do you mean it doesn't work? I saw misery. <laughs> <laughs> they fall in love at the end of that, right? They yes, do. Yeah. Definitely. She okay. gives him a new pair of ankles. It's it's, yeah. it's quite Aww, nice. Honey. It's quite nice. Oh. I cut off all my hair to buy these new ankles. <laughs> I, I sold my ankles to get you a wig. We're in love. I, I think I told this story on another podcast. I was with my ex-girlfriend just a few months ago in New York, and we're meeting with, it's complicated, her half-sister's cousin. Sure. And he's like, and I'm like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I do podcasts and some writing. He's like, oh, I'm kind of a writer. I'm like, what kind of a writer? I'm like, a screenwriter. I'm like, well, what have you done? And he like, He's being coy, like won't really tell me anything. He's like, you haven't, you you, you just haven't seen it. And, and he's, 
Like one of them's like the comedian, the comedian with Robert De Niro stand up movie. I totally saw that. I did not like that movie, but I totally saw that. I totally saw that movie. And he's like, anything else is like, and it's just like, maybe mom, like, excuse me. And he's like in front of his daughters. <laughs> like, what movie? Basketball. I'm sure you haven't seen it. Like, I haven't seen basketball. I can quote basketball by heart. I love basketball. Basketball is like my non-shamey guilty I don't really have guilty pleasures because like I just thought this movie Good. was wall-to-wall fun yeah no one should have guilty pleasures it's like it's a more subdued naked gunny movie from the guy who made the naked gun uh, but it, with Trey Parker and Matt Stone that somehow gets a lot of their tone in but mm. this is their biggest yeah, I feel like they got a script polish come on yeah yeah I think they got it obviously They're... Trey Parker sings a song called Warts on Your Dick that is so wonderful and Trey Parkery and is not available I have downloaded it so many times and it just ripped from the movie where you can hear like cars pulling over and shit because it just doesn't exist anywhere. But I loved Universal's Basketball. I love the soundtrack because it's got two real big fish songs, including Ooh. beer. Oh, I love real big fish. I, ha- I can get behind that. It has a great cast. Al Michaels and Bob Costas as themselves. Ernest Borgnine, Robert Vaughn, Jenny McCarthy, uh, who... Ooh, accomplice to child death, Jenny McCarthy? I was going to mm-hmm. say off screen who she sucks the chrome off a trailer hitch. Um, she <laughs> This is uh, true. And as they mentioned in the trailer, Academy Award winner Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. I appreciate that. Give him, give him Marty some love. Did Trey sure. Parker, Academy Award nominated Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah. Uh, true. And this Not is at true. this point, though, right? No, nope. at this point. But that's, that's why I love talking about those guys because mm-hmm. they kind of like faded away and just enjoyed doing their own thing and have just become like this purely creative force. But they were celebrity writers in a way that I don't know that we see much anymore. Were they up for a Tony for Book of Mormon? Mm-hmm. Did they win? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I want to imagine they did. They could be the weirdest EGOT contenders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably, yeah, holy I shit. Bet. They at least have EGOT nominations, right. which most people can't even say. Right. Holy shit, yeah. But like, yeah, it's it's not a Trey Parker and Matt Stone movie, but they're they're... I don't know. Their stank is all over it, but cool. it's, it's it's very it's very cornball in Hollywood compared to their other like real off the wall shit. If you're a mm-hmm. big lover of Orgasmo and Cannibal, like I am, but basketball, I don't know. A lot of love for basketball. From the director of The Naked Gun, and starring the creators of South Park. What an unfortunate thing to happen on Dozen Egg Night. Comes a story about their rise to stardom. Would you mind signing these? Sure. Oh, the fans who adored them. Joey, look who's here. My biological father? And the forces. Players of your caliber should be making the big bucks, don't you agree? (laughs) That drove them apart. Dude, you turned down Kane's off without even talking to us. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. Dude, 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 dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's such a good scene. Damn it. I think I have to see this. I laughed at like no, every joke in this Matt trailer. Matt Stone for some um, reason. Matt Stone is like the second banana in the movie and Trey Parker is the lead. But like, wait, Matt, which one's which? Trey Parker's the guy without the afro. Gotcha. Uh, but Matt Matt Stone is, he's my like my favorite character in this movie. When he's mm-hmm. dancing around a scat man like <laughs> during his sellout sequence, it's wonderful. It's about these two guys who, who's not, I love that because I've never, it seems like something a serious movie would have tackled who start a sports Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> a sport that is just a more drunk version of basketball meets baseball. You make okay. a basket, you hit a base. But the funny part about it is that your job is to psych out or make people miss with jokes, mooning them, hitting them with shit. <laughs> and then it just all of a sudden becomes popular and treated like a real sport. Uh, I love this movie. Damn, I think I have to see it now. 
I so laughed at all these jokes. I watched this. I had not seen it before, so uh-oh, I watched uh-oh. it a couple weeks ago. Uh-oh. I put a couple beers in me to get into the spirit of it. That's my girl. Still did not care for it. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I, mean it, it, it I liked... A, no, there were a bunch of jokes I did like. The dude scene, I, I loved that. That was that was great. And some of the stuff going on with, like, the you know, the little children from, like, the Make-A-Wish type foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of good gags with them. Bob Costas, you're excited. Bob Look Costas, at these Bob nipples. Costas, <laughs> Bob Costas and Al Michaels are my favorite part of the movie. I like they, it when they just they, show up. They were way funnier than a lot of people. I always just, like them and stuff. I mean, the idea that you have to psych people out is one thing, but, it, like, it turns so goofy. Like, if someone is psyched out, they end up, like, falling like they're in Home Alone. <laughs> it's true. It's just unnecessary. You don't like it when he pulls down that guy's pants, shows his ass, and does San Francisco for vagina. Okay, I don't like <laughs> that. Seen that so happen? Much. It's not terribly homophobic. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. I can't say that. I can't say I liked it in the end. Well, I can't. I also can't call but the movie. But I did laugh sometimes. I can't call the movie timeless it hit at the right oh, time no. when i was a big south park fan and i wanted a really broad comedy but it's a very very studio comedy by directed by someone very much not in this prime um yeah and i mean we've got this going practically head to head with jane austen's mafia as we have the the breakup of the zaz guys who did naked gun and airplane mm-hmm. and i mean of the two yeah. Fucking definitely taking this one. Thank you. That's all I definitely wanted to hear. Definitely will take this one because I actually did laugh a couple times at it. But I felt like I, I felt like they were leaning too hard on Parker and Stone as being like these guys are everything for everybody. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, just let them make their dumb cartoon show. Like we don't have to make a movie stars too, guys. Yeah, I know, but like to put it in perspective, and I, I'm not uncomfortable saying it. Like South Park wasn't only like meteorically popular. Like everybody was obsessed with the show and everybody loved these guys. Cause when they sold it on home video, like Trey Parker, Matt Stone would introduce every, I want to see those so badly, by the way, before they did commentaries, they would like just dress as cowboys and introduce their <laughs> introduce episodes of South park. Hmm. And it's a bunch of really weird introductions that I think only exist on those Snapcase DVDs that had like four episodes a piece on them. Anyway, sorry, but I, I, I love basketball. If you ever liked it, I think it's, it's always fun for me to revisit. Um, but yes, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's never seen it before looking for an uproarious comedy from 1998. What would you be thinking anyway? I could, there's, yes. There's something about Mary is, is probably, that fits the bill. You don't even have to think about that one. Hmm. And I don't like gross out comedy that much, but there's something about Mary. I would rather watch like 24 hours straight then watch this like two more times. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay. I think okay. I definitely need to see that because I think we all remember my feelings about there's something about Mary. So. I need to walk away before I get hurt. Oh. Um, go into television. Okay. It looks like... I, I intentionally put these in this order because I knew you would want to talk about basketball. I'm giving you that space. <laughs> this is a safe space where we can explore our feelings. Yes. It's, it's indefensible. Jenny McCarthy is a monster. It's yes. indefensible, but like... I think we can all agree on that. I think if people have ever watched Dave and I stream, we kind of quote lines from basketball when we're mm-hmm. playing competitive games steve perry steve perry mm-hmm. miss oh it like yeah we, i we love basketball but we were the exact right age we're 18 years old this is i think maybe the most lukewarm slate of tv or of movies that we've had so far on an episode that i've been on where it's it, like it does oddly look like a dumping ground of a bunch of stuff people wanted to see succeed but didn't have any faith in yeah mm-hmm. Because it's it's just such a weird weird palette, but not uh, bad stuff, but not great stuff. <laughs> TV's just as bad. 
How about well, that? I think TV's uh, worse, probably. But the networks are finally getting the message that, like, you know, maybe if Fox wants to get ahead, we should launch a new season of something in the summer when everything else is in repeat. So why not do it with mm. Melrose Place, something that was <laughs> never going to beat your home improvements or your Seinfelds. Sure. But it uh, launches its seventh and final season with the premiere, Divorce Dominican Style. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yes, that's a joke that only Diana would get, I guess. Um, it's a divorce Italian style as a movie. Yes, yeah. it is. And Heather Locklear is running away from something and marrying someone Dominican. And I'm not going to fucking describe Melrose Dude, Place to you. That's going to happen like four times this season alone. <laughs> Everyone's always running away from one wedding to go to some other wedding, and then and then it turns out they let the serial killer out of jail off screen, and then he's in the back of the car. You you joke, but trying to read the description of this episode, that's exactly what it fucking felt like <laughs> with a bunch of yeah. names I didn't know. Uh, Melrose Place could have been my favorite show in the world if they just embraced the parody like 5% more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which they had the opportunity with that remake that totally failed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other shows, someone else, I, it's odd for a show to launch this week that I've never, ever fucking heard of. I was uh, able to buy my own cable subscription, yet didn't have any friends. Uh, but <laughs> Lynx is open for business on Showtime. Didn't have Showtime. Hmm. Never mm-hmm. heard of the largely black cast restaurant comedy drama co-starring Pam Greer called Lynx. Damn. Uh, canceled after two seasons, but I think it went over to BET where maybe found a bit larger of an audience. Never heard of the show Lynx. And to show you what the doldrums really look like, um, August or July 30th, the Paley Center for Media has a special America's Teenagers Growing Up on Television hosted by Melissa Joan Hart. I, You know I was desperate to see what this was. Mm-hmm. Was it about the dangers of television? Was it about the ubiquity of television amongst the American teenager where we sit now 20 years later where you can't pay a kid to watch television? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know because no information exists in the fucking universe. Hmm. Just, just information that it happened and that it happened on this day. But that's it. Maybe they realize that nobody really wants to watch Melissa Joan Hart, a television star, <laughs> talk to teenagers about not watching television. I thought it was maybe like connecting with people who were teenagers and starring in television shows. Who knows? It's what was lost it like? to history. What was it like, Joey Lawrence? Well, first of all, whoa. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> video games of 1998. Also pretty uh, pretty weird. Star Ocean, the second story. I'm guessing that's the second version of uh, the, the Star Ocean RPG series. Uh, Iggy's Wrecking Balls is on the Nintendo 64, a game that looks like Mad Balls meets Pinball. And... A game called Heart of Darkness on PS1, which is only notable that it's launching on PS1 in 1998, but it, was, it had been in development for seven years with PC as its lead platform. And it looks oh, it looks very impressive in a way that would have been much more impressive in 1992. It's lavishly animated 2D animation at a time when like PlayStation kind of just kicked everything over to polygons. Mm. And it was like... It, it, all the reviews state that like this would have knocked our socks on our ass like five years ago and it just took so long to come out it was from uh the game was headed up by one of the guys who made another world or out of this world if any of you have ever played that game a really great but short cinematic looking game it's a lot like that with uh that that lasts a little longer but uh heart of darkness is out and that is it for the games uh we will close out with don't hate me because i'm beautiful by nerf herder off the basketball soundtrack as per diana's request See, she's liking the movie a little more now, thanks to the soundtrack. <laughs> well, Nerf Herder. Then we will come back I in like uh, 2008, folks. Stay there. And when I come to your town, rolling in my golden limousine, 
you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It's not so much that I want a cat. Here's what happened. I had my lonely solo brunch on Saturday, uh, and then I see a Petco. I'm like, oh, shit. I, I'm lonely. I have love to give. <laughs> uh, let's go into the Petco, and... And it's like kitten day, and all these kids and families are around, like, cuddling all these cute little kittens. Uh, and they also have on over to the right an, a permanent adoption area, in addition to the w- weekend kitten display. Everybody's caught up in the vibe of kitty catness, and all the cats are adopted except for one. Mm-hmm. A little kind of weird-looking black cat is just all alone. And I was like, dude. Them. And I wasn't that, <laughs> that serious about getting a cat. It was just like... That cat and his name was Frozone. Yeah, and how fucking cool is that? His name is Frozone. So like, I think by the time anybody hears this, you already have the cat. If yeah, I, so if I have anything I to so. do, well, that's with why we're telling because yeah. like, we were talking a little bit about that. That like, uh, do we want a cat called Frozone? I love Frozone. Yeah, I just don't want to be like shouting it outside next to my <laughs> black neighbor. Um, but well, <laughs> the cat inside then. Well, it's got to be an inside. I think cat. It's, I think it is an inside cat. Yeah, it's. Gotta However, be. we could open up. <laughs> a Patreon poll and yes. allow you guys to name the fucking cat. I kind of uh, like actually, that idea. As yeah, well. me too. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of July 27th to August 2nd, man, it's another slow one. I don't know what was going on 75 years ago, besides uh, the middle of World War II. And uh, 50 years ago in 68, eh, not much except, well, I mean, nice adaptation of The Heart is a Lonely Hunter with Alan Arkin, if you're into that sort of thing. Or uh, Destroy All Monsters, that's got like... Seven, eight, I don't know, Godzilla and Mothra and all his foes. It's, you know, one of the biggest and best of, of those original Godzilla kaiju movies. It's pretty fun. Uh, 40 years ago this week, a uh, movie I guess I'll recommend, <laughs> but I kind of regret it. Uh, 40 years ago, 1978, saw the release of Animal House, which is, um, well, we could just call it problematic now and just move on with it. Um, I mean, I like it. It has been much abused. People look at it, I kind of think the wrong way and I'm really sick of seeing pictures of John Belushi wearing a shirt that says college in people's dorm rooms. So, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants again and make the actual recommendation this week because we're more than halfway through the year now. I'm going back. I'm just recommending Casablanca again. And here's why. It's summer. You're probably with your family. Maybe you're going on vacation. You can't decide what to watch. Would you watch something that's like one of the best movies ever made that's got something for everybody? So I'm reminding you, because it came out the beginning of the year, let's watch Casablanca again. All right, it's got romance, it's a thriller, it's kind of a spy movie, there's a lot of comedy in it people don't generally, you know, remember, but honestly, I laugh out loud at it. So just go watch Casablanca with your grandma and it'll make her really happy. And that's it for this week. Stay classic.
Coming in with Vengeance is Mine by Alice Cooper featuring Slush off of uh, Long Came a Spider, Alice Cooper's 25th album. Slush Slush is what we call the um, Hollywood Boulevard version of Slash in a a, a long-ago tweet. Uh, New releases in music this week. You have self-titled albums from Finch and Scars on Broadway. Revelation by Third Day. Uh, Guess what kind of music they are, Diana put a note in. (laughs) Uh, Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry is still numero uno. Uh, news. Does this count as news? Sarah's sure. book segment? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Breaking Dawn is released. The oh, final installment of the Twilight books. Uh, they yeah. split it up into seven books. <laughs> no? And blessfully, no. This is why people like movies more. Yeah. It's um, it's real garbage, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely read it. I read all of them. Um, I was oh, going through a time... I was in academics at the time uh, in graduate school and so I needed something that wasn't super heavy and depressing to read all the time and so yeah the Twilight books were there for me in my time of need Um, but I just I don't remember anything about them Um, I mean obviously it was like an international phenomenon Mm -hmm. at least Um, so they're kind of a big deal and I mean even though they're terrible and not nearly like the same caliber as the Harry Potter films that we talked about, or excuse me, the Harry Potter books that we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think they're still notable because, again, I think they made readers out of a yeah, lot of okay. young people who might not have been readers. And we previously. wouldn't have Fifty Shades of Grey without it. There you go. <laughs> which, so which we is ha- amazing. So we have a lot of kinksters that we might not have had before as well. Yeah, I saw I go on a date with a woman; shit's going well, and she spits in my mouth. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Fifty Shades. Thanks. Yeah, um, yeah but. so I, I haven't read any of these. I do own Breaking Dawn mm-hmm. because I realized it's the perfect book to make a book safe out of. Yeah, it's Because huge. I don't mind destroying it. It's big and thick, and I don't mind destroying it. And I, I usually don't like to destroy books. Yeah. I've seen both movies, though. Mm-hmm. And um, when we get to talk about Breaking Dawn Part 1, that episode's going to go four hours. Yeah. Because that is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Mm. It's so and, bad. Yeah, this so also this is the book where the the stupid Romeo and Juliet and vampires and werewolves takes a hard turn into anti-choice yep. propaganda. Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. That that I have heard about. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's um, yeah. It went back and like Wikipedia the plot because they were so forgettable to me. But yeah, I was reminded that there is this whole. That it starts out basically after. Bella and Edward get married at the end of the second book. And then it starts out with their um, wedding honeymoon time. And like Mamma Mia, it was Mm. seems to be written by virgins for virgins. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. They go to a magical Island that I guess they own. Why don't they live there? If they're afraid of being outed as vampires, they should just live there all the time. Hmm. And then because it's a fairy tale for little girls, that are dumb she immediately gets pregnant you have sex once you get pregnant and then mm-hmm. it's all about like no i don't care if i die as long as i protect my baby i don't know why she's southern now and <laughs> i'll just save it for the movie yeah okay yeah. okay good because the movies this week are pretty awful yeah um, uh, no there's one good one which one is that die that'd be frozen river frozen i've never heard of it so you're gonna have to go to bat for it okay so frozen river uh is it's a very small independent movie but it kind of Gave us Melissa Leo in a lot of ways, who's sort of like one of those character actors that's been just working and working and working and working. And uh, she got an Oscar nomination off it. And then uh, she got to win a little while later for The Fighter. Um, okay. It's it's a poor people rural thriller. So if you like, say, Winter's Bone. Mm-hmm. Which I did. I think you would like 
Frozen River a lot. It's I always get good. those two confused, actually. Winter's Bone and Frozen River. Like, <laughs> the names are just close enough that, yeah. like, and I feel like I might have seen both of them. Yeah. I know I saw Winter's Bone. I call them uh, Poverty Sherlock's. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it totally is. It's, it's Appalachian, uh, too, right? Um, no, this is, it takes place just on the Canadian border. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, well, the trailer explains a little bit. Okay. I'm not driving just anybody across the border. It's a crime. There's no border here. This is free trade between nations. About the border patrol. I'm not going to stop you. You're white. This is about the woman that was with you. She's known to have brought illegal aliens into the country. <gasps> you can't come up with a cash. You have lost your $1,500 deposit. I can get a job, you know. You're going to school. I just need one more run to get the double. And then I'm out of this. Wow. That seems incredibly depressing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. That's good. Uh, also, incredibly depressing a movie I d- would never watch. Uh, Kevin Costner, <laughs> Paula Patton, Kelly, Kelly, Kelsey Grammer, and Dennis Hopper in Swing Vote. This Friday, one single vote will decide this election. The fate of the free world is in the hands of Bud Johnson. Wow. Swing Vote is a landslide comedy winner. It's smart, witty, and That's a cool. nonstop laugh machine. <laughs> Nice. Costner is pitch perfect. America needs someone who's bigger than their speeches. Oh, boy. In the one movie that's so inspiring, you'll stand up and cheer. No one is saying that. There's no quotes. Is this the time where they, like, Sony had invented that fake quote guy? Oh, this is long (laughs) after that. Okay. But a swing vote, I'm guessing all, this entire election comes down to one man's vote, and that one man is Kevin Costner. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, there's, there's few people, I have few. Less empathy for right now than undecided voter. <laughs> that there's a yeah. great SNL sketch of this. What oh. is oil? And what is it used for? Are <laughs> men allowed to vote too? And if not, that concerns I, me. I have a problem with that. I have a problem. How long can presidents be president? One year? Two years? Three years? Or life? <laughs> like, it's so good. Undecided voters. Uh, yes. Um, and we're yeah, I guess the one thing I liked about this was the the early ads were very confusing, but mm-hmm. they were intriguing. Like you'd look up what it was about because it'd be like Dennis Hopper as like, you know, I've been a lifelong Democrat and that's why I think we should bring back the death penalty and cherish life. And it's like, wait, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and it's, yeah, them saying things that were like, contradictory to their party or they would be like contradictory to each other like you know i'm a republican and i believe we should ban all guns but also get rid of the death tax what what is happening (laughs) why is kelsey Grammer on my tv again yeah that's a good question and then the movie turned out to suck so well not as much as i'm guessing this movie sucked uh brendan fraser jet lee maria bello john hannah and the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor this is incredible. You can bury the past, but that doesn't mean it's dead. Is this the part where things go from bad to worse? On August 1st, China's Dragon Emperor will rise again. Welcome to the 20th century! Brendan Fraser, Jet Li, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, rated PG-13. Oh, their old Ooh. titles are so simple. Yes. Uh, but which which version of Brendan Fraser's mummy is this? The third or the fourth? It's the third. It had been seven years since the second one. Okay. They just, they, That's they not did, a good sign. No, because the, they came out two years apart. And the mummy, the, the mummy, the 99 mummy, mm-hmm. 
is a pretty admirable movie. I don't love it as a lot as much as a lot of other people, but like I don't know anything that gets the mummy into people's eyeballs and heads, and it's got a great Universal Studios ride. Yeah, still oh, in yeah. Florida, really good. Love that one. Uh, not another big fan of the California one, but I think the Minions just replaced it. Uh, the Mummy, they, they it just seemed. Does it seem like they mm. never had much faith in? Someone involved in the mummy, maybe Brendan Fraser. Well, yeah, I mean, I think poor Brendan Fraser. I just feel like he's never gotten exactly what he needs. You know, like as far as the right movie, the right publicity, like just never really hit for him. But like they they had Mm -hmm. two mummy movies, and they immediately concoct a rock spinoff. And then this looks like oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'd rather see whatever a movie about Jet Li's character, whatever he's doing. Yeah. yeah bring... so I feel like they did a smart thing, which is like, how many times can Imhotep come back? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, let's go deal with some other mummies. So we're going to go to like China or whatever. And like, I, I don't know, maybe the the stone figures will start coming to life and they'll oh. be like an evil wizard muzzy, mummy guy and he can kick people. And mm-hmm. maybe there's like a, a tiger ghost. Yeah, just, I don't know. I thought they closed... Good. Go somewhere else and have other ancient artifacts attack you. I could have sworn they closed the Mummy trilogy a lot earlier than this, but I, I guess this was the last one. As we mentioned last week, it had a video game come out, so you could have spoiled the whole movie movie for yourself a week early. Um, this and then one Tom did, Cruise brought it back. Tom, Tom Cruise brought it back and then pushed it right back down. Yeah, I know. I'm willing to watch that with you. I love, I love the old Mummy movies. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, oh, the original, yeah. The original Mummy's fantastic. Um, um. Yeah. So this movie has Yetis. Yes. <laughs> it has CG Yetis, and there's a point where they like kick a guy over a thing, and one of them does a touchdown hand gesture. Cool. Really? <laughs> That's the only thing I remember. I've seen this movie. This is a bad movie Sunday kind of movie, and um, yeah, my brain just stopped after that. that. Been, it it's all black. Oh, I think it would would have been better as like a DX cross chopped suck it move from a Yeti. <laughs> Uh, let's move into television. Is not much better. Oh, we skipped Midnight Meat Train, though. If I, I didn't see it, but what is Midnight Meat Train time? Um, Midnight Meat Train is a small horror movie where Bradley Cooper is trying to stop uh, the subway butcher who's killing people on a subway. It's supposed to be okay. The only way to make it stop. I follow them into the subway. He butchers them like cattle. <laughs> They never find the remains because he unloads the meat somewhere. Just to go for the ride. I got a train to catch. <laughs> wow. Train. But that title. It's pretty good. On, that yeah. title is gold. It's pretty good. I don't get the tone because the title is silly and the trailer <laughs> seems serious. Seems very serious. <laughs> so. um, and and the, But TV, yeah, not a lot better. July 29th, a show... On paper, I should have liked uh, Jurassic Fight Club debuts on History Channel. A who would win with prehistoric creatures debut episode oh. is Cannibal Dinosaur, and I can't believe I wasn't there. Apparently, there's a dinosaur uh, that fights to protect its young, even from its own mate, and will kill and eat it if it gets out of line. All right, uh, did not know that. But also on July 20th, did they have goofy recreations like Deadliest Warrior? They, because they I love that they show. did, and the host of the show, like I just read a description, it's like uh, self-taught paleontologist and like. I'm oh, not no. sure you can do that. I'm not sure you I can think, be a self-taught I paleontologist. I think most little boys at the age of 11 are yeah. self-taught paleontologists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I dug up the this, this septic tank. <laughs> it might be a Florida thing. Uh, but yeah, that debuts one season. It's got a great title. Would have really won me over like 10 years ago. Uh, July 27th, Livin' Lohan concludes on E. 
a reality show about the Lohans, except the one you wanted to from Parrot wanted to see from Paratrap. Lindsay Lohan was not involved. It was about mostly her mother and pop star aspirational daughter. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, looks oh. god Her mother awful. is a piece of work, but her dad should be in jail. Again. <laughs> Again? Huge have, messes, yeah. all of them. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about them. You're saying this is like his common knowledge. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. Just, I, I've like through osmosis at checkout stands, eventually yes. you learn like, oh yeah, her parents are garbage people. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's how you end up like Lindsay Lohan's ended up. Or or you end up uh, on July 29th on MTV's Engaged and Underage, <laughs> which, oh which has, has its finale. I expected to be able to Google a bunch of controversy about this, but it was not to be. I guess MTV had really cornered the stupid, shitty market of uh, underage girls being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And this is another desperate attempt at that. Uh, and, and the public wasn't totally buying it. But if I may, TV sucks. I'd like to move into video games this week. Please, ladies, because you're going to love this. Uh, no, not really. But Geometry Wars Retro Evolved 2, a fucking great game. I'd say the game that kind of sold most of the world on Xbox Live Arcade, the, if you can imagine it, downloadable gaming service that most people who didn't have a PC had never had access to. This is the sequel to that. It was a joke game hidden in a, uh, a painstakingly accurate Project Gotham racing series, but eventually it was released as its own standalone game for like $5 that you could just download. Not a lot of people were doing that at the time. This is the sequel. It's much better. Uh, it's bigger. It's really fun. Fatal Frame uh, 4 comes out, but for Wii. Fantasy Star comes back, but for PSP with Fantasy Star Portable. Uh, uh, Jesus, a super dense Japanese RPG that I have not played with. I think, I don't know if it had online. Yeah, no, it had online multiplayer, I believe. And Rhythm Heaven, which we'll talk about when it comes out in America. A fantastic uh, first-party Nintendo game all about quirky, weird rhythm game. But what I wanted to showcase, um, Soul Calibur 4 on PS360. Oh. That means PS3 and 360. I, I just want to say that off the bat. Soul Calibur, do we know Soul Calibur? The fighting game series mm -hmm. that uh, Diana knows Soul Calibur, right? I, I know that there's fighting in a big sword. There's fighting, but like unlike other fighting games, all the characters have weapons or sharp medieval weapons. Uh, and this was the first game that was like, well, not the first game. This one had... Two really notable guest stars in it. Fighting game with swords. And if I said to you, please tell me right now who are the most I who's the most iconic person with a sword you can add to a video game that's not in the Soul Calibur universe, uh, you wouldn't get it away right away, but you'd see what I was talking about right here. But the swords may have met their match. Oh, this brought the world to its knees in the game world. That's pretty good because I was going to guess a Star War. Yeah, so, so there you go. I was going to say like King Arthur. No, I, but but yes, technically, I would go out on a limb and say the most famous swords in the world are lightsabers. I mean, I was going to say, is it really a sword? I don't know. I don't want to get yelled at. No, but this was kind of amazing, and they chose platform exclusives. If you had PS3, you got Darth Vader. If you had Xbox 360, which most people did, you got Yoda, but everybody wanted Darth Vader, so it made the PS3 like this huge contender. Hmm. And they they also like, yeah, we'll never release the other on the other platform. And of course, the game launched with an empty slot where Yoda or <laughs> Darth Vader would be eventually. <laughs> uh, they eventually came to both platforms. But yeah, it was this is talked about a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. Soul Calibur 4. Kind of where I fell off the Soul Calibur series, though. I played almost every one up until this, but um, you know, I'm not not a huge, not a technical fighting game fan. I just kind of like fucking around with my friends. Um, 
once you go online and get your ass kicked by real players, it becomes less fun. But that's Soul Calibur 4 out this week. Um, and that concludes our game segment. We can encourage you to leave a comment, 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com or the Lasertime Facebook group or on Twitter, 302010podcast, uh, because we're going to have a big-ass comment show for you next week uh, at patreon.com slash lasertime. We already do a bonus time. I'm going to let you fuckers name my cat. Yay. That's going to happen. <laughs> uh, and we have we, we can vote on commentaries. People just voted that we watched Mission Impossible 1 over 2. I was only a little disappointed because I had a, a great time with 2. And if you like Mission Impossible as much as we do, we just did a whole laser time celebrating the entire series because mm-hmm. I feel two people are doing the same thing. Mission Impossible. It's been with us for 22 years. Only six movies in a time where Marvel has brought us 80. But <laughs> true, <sighs> each one is pretty fucking fun and notable. There's... I kind of thought there's only one bad one, and it's like good bad. Exactly. I don't know. Every every I've watched Rogue Nation three times now, and like unless it's setting up like a mid trilogy, it's very disappointing. <laughs> it's and it's not bad either. It's okay, it's just no, not it's, bad. It's okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, the worst of them is two, and that's fun bad. Exactly. It's good I, bad. That last thirty minutes is one of my favorite things in a Mission Impossible <laughs> movie. It is great. Wonderful. It is great. And it is totally ripping off the plot of Hitchcock's Notorious, which I should have just recommended that this week in Classic Corner. Oh, eh, I'll burn. get around to it. But yes. co- Actually, no, it's coming up. It's coming up. Never mind. If you'd Never like mind. to support us and get an exclusive 302010 show, we would really appreciate it. And we'll give you a bunch of stuff in return for your moolah. Uh, price of a cup of coffee will help you support uh, people you like to listen to. Patreon.com slash laser time. Thanks, y'all. Di, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, mm-hmm. or at 302010podcast. That's the numbers, not the letters, where I'm teasing what's coming up. And uh, yeah, it seems like we got a couple weeks where it's like, oh, this one's notable, that one's notable. And then another two weeks from now, we got another like super crazy episode. Yeah, it's going to be fun, y'all. <laughs> it's not going to be as big as like the Dark Knight Die Hard episode, but it's... It's going to be fun oh in a different God. way. Yeah, fun in a different like, way. I- yeah, Sarah actually heard me as I'm like looking at, oh, what's coming up? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Literally, my God is coming. Die, let us know who died. Okay, so this week in 1988, sadly, we lost uh, Raymond Carver. He was only 50 and died of lung cancer. Uh, that's a short story the author, yeah. author whose uh, work has been adapted into shortcuts. Or remember in Birdman, the play they're putting on, uh-huh. yeah. we talk about when we talk about love? Yep. That's based on a Raymond Carver story. Hmm. Then we also lost uh, Jerome Robbins, who was 79. He was the very famous Broadway choreographer, co-directed West Side Story. And then age 65, we lost Sherry Lewis, Aww. Lamb Chop's mom. Aw. The, the yeah. song that never ends, singer? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Brace yourself. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, let's cheer ourselves up with a birthday quiz. Oh, we got a really good birthday this week, though. Okay. <laughs> Turning 50 this week, born July 30th, 1968 in Flint, Michigan. He received an art scholarship to the Interlochen Center for the Arts, which is pretty prestigious, and earned extra money as a courtroom sketch artist and drawing portraits. So it's not Michael Moore. That's too old. Yeah. And I don't know anyone else from Flint. Shit. (laughs) But then he got a full athletic scholarship uh, to college and was drafted by the LA Rams in 1991. Oh, Terry. What's his name? Chivo. No. No. You mean one of Time's Persons of the Year 2017? What? Terry Bradshaw. Um, Scary Terry. Acting in Friday After Next and White Chicks and Everybody Hates Prince. Who's Terry on? Oh, Terry Crews? What's his name? Thank you. Someone had to get his last name. Sweet, I still won. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> I so feel great. like that wasn't fair. I'm so great. Why? Because I got it. Yeah, you should split. No, you should split. We're she got splitting Terry. that one. No, but she missed. She, she missed, got it really early too. She missed the final syllable. Alex Trebet would have kicked her right out of the studio for that. So no. Come on, President Camacho. It's turning fifty. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe he's 50. Uh, but that wraps it up for us. 3020s.net. We will close out with Dangerous by Cardinal Official featuring Akon. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Looking at me like I'm Lucifer Cause he knows I would deal with the case Yes sir If I was the last man up